Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets banned. This is episode 152, and tonight we're taking another dive into the wonderful, weird world of 1970s made-for-TV horror movie when we take a look at When Michael Calls, and it's the Gay Pride episode, sort of. Well, we'll get to that, but first we have this fabulous announcement from something or someone I haven't heard of. What? Prepare for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Tin Radio. Here are your hosts, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classic and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the Head of Rondo Hassan. Only on Monster Kid Radio. Okay, welcome back everybody. It's great to be here with you again. And for all you new listeners, hey, what's up? And to all you new listeners, and actually to everybody, I have to apologize in advance. Daddy's angry. Daddy's not happy about a lot of things right now. I am not happy about what happened in Orlando, obviously. And I am not happy that some of you out there have been directly affected by what happened and that you've lost people that you love. Or that they are in the hospital and they are clinging, uh, fighting for their lives. I am not happy that the events down there are being twisted to people's personal gains. I am not happy that the LGBT portion of the event is being left out of a lot of accounts. I am not happy about all the fingers being pointed in all the wrong directions. Because unfortunately, in this case, you know, it's that old thing, just like Sister Anthony Mary used to say, when you point a finger or a gun at someone, you've got three fingers pointing right back at you. Because we tend to want to destroy in others what we hate about ourselves. And that's what happened down there in a big way. I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy that there have been death threats, bomb threats, called into just about every gay bar 
or LGBT institution in New York City at this point. Walking around the West Village is like walking around a police state. There are armed guards with machine guns everywhere. Go to the LGBT Center or to GMHC and you get some face-to-face meetings with the counter-terrorism squads. Now, don't get me wrong. I am grateful that they're there. And it's kind of odd to see heavily armed police people standing in front of the Stonewall Inn. You know, not too long ago, they were fighting to shut the place down, and now they're fighting to keep the people inside alive. That's nice. That's good. That's good. But I don't like it. Yes, they're help keeping us safe, but you know what? I don't feel safe. I feel angry. I feel angry that I don't know what to do about all this. I want to go and fight. My 80s activist wants to go and fight, but I don't know what to do. I'm thrilled that ACT UP has come back into the headlines in a major way, staging a huge die-in in front of Trump Tower. But I am not happy with any of this. I am not happy that so many scared individuals are trying to strike fear into the heart of the LGBT community. But as my friend Don Windsor said, you done messed with the wrong witch. Now I'm going to apologize because I'm probably going to say the gay community a lot because that's the term I was raised with as a blanket umbrella statement for the LGBTQ. I don't like... The alphabet soup. Never have, never will. It's cold, it's heartless, it sounds like a robot from a sci-fi movie. So I'm probably going to say the gay community a lot, but just know that I am including you in that when I say that, if you are one of the other letters. I am not excluding you from that. It's just the lingo with which I am most comfortable with. Gays have always fought. Gays have a tendency to get shit done. And by picking on us, by singling us out in this particular attack, this this horrific event, I think you done woke the beast. And I think this will affect change in the long run. I'm just not happy about it. Part of me is happy that the younger generation is now being forced to fight in a way that they are not used to. Uh, sure, they fought for marriage equality, but that was not quite the same. This, that wasn't life or death, per se, and this quite literally is. And while I'm happy that this war will not be won with posts on Facebook or signing online petitions that people are going to have to take to the streets and get their hands dirty, like in the old days. It makes me really sad that the younger generation is going to have to fight this fight. But we are. We are. But just know something, kids. We're going to win this one. Because, much like the terrorist cells that everybody seems to be so afraid of that all these gun people think are hiding everywhere... Gays are everywhere. 
we look like you. We're probably already in your house. You work with us. You carpool with us. We're probably on your amateur bowling league. And maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but we're there. And we don't lie down. And we're not doesn't look like we're gonna roll over for this one either. So okay. That's enough of that particular issue. For now, what else is Daddy angry about? Daddy is angry at Smoochie the cat. Smoochie's sick again. She's got that stuff on her tail. That crusty stuff where she just attacks herself and it gets affected. And I'm mad about that. I'm mad that she's not eating any of her prescription food at all. We switched her to something new because she stopped eating one, and now she's not eating the other one at all. She's down a pound, so I'm happy about that. But for the past two weeks, she has been miserable. I don't get a moment's peace with this kitty. She just seems very needy and clingy, and I don't know what she wants. And I'm going to have a hard time recording this episode as a result. And that gets me angry. I'm angry that I had a whole series of episodes planned because I'm going away for the first week in July. I I wanted to get an episode out to you before and have something in the can all ready to go, scheduled to be released while I'm away. And I'm not sure that's going to happen now. There have been problems setting up uh, my guests because I had a death in the family. My cousin Ellen died of pancreatic cancer. And this makes me angry. I'm angry that just about every woman in my life that I have lost, I have lost to this stupid, stupid disease. Fuck cancer. Fuck it. I am angry, particularly since, you know, since I grew up on Long Island, and Long Island has the highest cases of breast cancer, second highest in the world, second only to the areas around Chernobyl. I don't know what the hell they've got out there, what's in the water, what's in the ground. But too many girls I grew up with, girls in their 30s, are on their second bout of breast cancer or cervical cancer. You're too young for that. Everybody's too young for that. And it makes me angry. And I'm angry at my family. Because at the service for my cousin, they had a priest from Kenya. And as soon as I saw him walk to the pulpit, I said, oh, shit. I know what the car ride with my parents is going to be like after the service. And I was right. And hey, trigger warning, I'm about to use some racist language. We weren't in the car 30 seconds before I was hearing how that damn nigger priest ruined the service. Couldn't they find somebody else? Wasn't there a normal priest? Poor woman's Already suffered so much, and now she has to have this indignity. Really? Really? Oh, and this was fun. This is fun. This was the same day that Hamilton tickets, it was, it was announced that Hamilton tickets were going up to $879. And for some reason, my father latched onto that. And he said, ah, and you know, it's not bad enough. This was the goddamn, you know, darky priest ruining the whole thing. Couldn't even understand him. Barely spoke English. Now the, the now the debt the tickets for the Hamiltons going up to almost a thousand dollars isn't enough that we're paying reparations to these people millions of dollars every year. This is my family. 
who are voting for Trump, by the way. And I... Times like this, I relish my black sheep status. Ah, maybe not black sheep, kind of the green sheep. The sheep that, you know, is from Mars and has antennas. You know, they don't really shun me, but I'm not included in anything either. And I don't know how that particular racist trait somehow skipped me. Somewhat. Because, unfortunately, that is what I learned. That is what I grew up in. And every now and then, a thought will just pop into my head, and I'm like, holy shit, Patrick, where did that come from? And I have to take a little step back and say, that voice in your head, Patrick, is not yours. That's a voice that you were taught. Take a step back, take a breath, rethink that thought. I'm angry that those thoughts are in my head. I'm angry that I had to spend an excessive amount of time editing the interview portion of this episode because I had unexpected guests. I had two scheduled guests, but one guest brought a whole bunch of other guests and didn't tell me until we were recording, which threw me off my game. The interview ran a hell of a lot longer than it needed to, and I had to do much more editing than I needed or wanted to do, particularly given the time crunch that I'm on right now, trying to get another episode out to you while I'm out in Denver, which may or may not happen at this point. I don't know. But I've edited it with a fine-tooth comb, and it's in a format that I think you'll be able to digest now because it was a complete circus, and it was unnecessary. And I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy that my scheduled recordings with Trey Dean and Doug Shapiro talking about murder by death have to be postponed to the end of July because I missed our date to sit down and talk because of my cousin's funeral. It was unavoidable. And Doug is off in New Hampshire doing his shows with the Barnstormers. But, you know, best laid plans of... Mice and men and all that. And I'm angry that I saw The Conjuring 2 and I am apparently the only person who didn't love it. I kind of only barely liked it. I thought it was weak. I thought it was everything that was wrong with horror movies right now and that, you know, the ghosts, all of them came on like gangbusters. Like, the original movie had some subtlety, had some mood. This was going with an unfortunate reference about to be made with guns blaring right from the beginning. It was too big, too soon for me. The nun looked like a bad Halloween costume or one of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And if you don't know what that is, straight people, that is an organization that rose up in San Francisco, uh, gay activists during the AIDS crisis, and they're still around, and they dress up in elaborate nuns' habits and do their thing. And, you know, had she been a sister of perpetual indulgence, I would have been thrilled, because then she would have also probably would have been on roller skates. That would have been great. But overall, didn't care for it. No reason for a horror movie to be two hours and 20 minutes these days. Absolutely none. There was so much padding. So much padding. The only thing that saved it for me was the relationship of the, the, uh, the leads. They've got great chemistry, but unfortunately, that didn't save the movie for me. I was ten steps ahead most of the time, or I just didn't care. Maybe it was because I saw it the Sunday after the massacre, you know, the day that that night, rather. 
and I'm angry. I'm angry. Let's just say, hypothetically, there is a, an organization that, uh, that sings. It's a singing organization okay, and, uh, of gay men, and, and, and their first response to the attack was to run to uh, um, a morning show and ask to sing. And and now they refuse to do any kind of grassroots stuff, you know, more informal things, you know, helping the community directly. This is all hypothetical. Let's just say that happened. That would annoy me a lot. It really kind of makes me question why we do what we do if I was involved in this organization. Not that I say I'm, that I am, of course, but it angers me. It angers me. I'm kind of sick of tributes. Because after a while, I kind of—I had the same reaction to um, what was it? The It Gets Better project, when all of a sudden every corporate entity in the world had an It Gets Better video, and they were cold and canned, and everybody seemed to be doing it because everybody else did it. And that's kind of where I am now. I'm kind of over the tributes. So I want some fucking action. I'm back to this again. Sorry, kids. Sorry, but it's a big thing. It's a big thing. But. We are going to stop complaining now. And we are going to have some fun. Because all this nonsense can only be driven out by light and joy and laughter. And I hope that's what I'm going to provide to you for the next eh, hour and 15 minutes or so. And while Daddy's really angry, he's very happy to be sitting here with you right now and I'm not wearing pants because that's when daddy is happiest okay enough of my complaining let's get on with the show we're going to play some music and we're going to bring on the guests and we're going to talk about when Michael calls get on your bell bottoms and your shag haircuts and get out your tinfoil wallpaper because it is 1972 ew 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 I tell myself, what's done is done. I tell myself, don't be a fool. Play the field, have a lot of fun. It's easy when you play it cool. I tell myself, don't be a chump. Who cares? Let him stay away. That's when the phone rings and I jump. And as I grab the phone, I pray, let it please be him. Oh, dear God, it must be him. It must be him, or I shall die. After a while, Tuesday movie of the week. 
presenting an original motion picture produced especially for ABC. Tonight on Tuesday Movie of the Week, Ben Gazzara, Elizabeth Ashley, Michael's been dead for 15 years. Michael! Now he's back to avenge his mother's death. Nice, bitch. ABC presents Tuesday Movie of the Week. And joining me once again into this foray into the magical and mystical world of the made-for-TV movie of the 1970s is our recurring experts on the topic. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is my thrill to introduce back to the show... Owen Robertson and Tom Soderbergh, and they also brought a friend. Hi, everyone. I'm back. Yes. Hello. Hello. Was that enough of a three count? No, not at all. That was. I said a you slow didn't give three, them a count. three count. Three count at all. I no. know. They reacted too quickly. They've <laughs> never sh- done this before. You screwed this up last time too. God damn it, Owen. <laughs> You brought all these extra people on. Uh, my beautiful, beautiful streamers. Owen brought. He said he was bringing an additional special guest, the 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 third party to their their lifelong trio of friends. These evil triplets, Mister Michael Brown, former mayoral candidate of Rome, New York. But now apparently, like a whole fucking orgy has broken out in, in Owen's apartment. <laughs> And so they're going to be talking about when Michael calls while they're all, I don't know, screwing each other. I don't know what's happening. Okay, Owen, do introductions because I have no idea what's happening. We're okay, off the rails. Um, this this is Kate Raylan. Say hi. Hello, how are you? Hi, Kate. This, I'm a little and surprised this, and overwhelmed, but I'm good. Thank you. And this is David Abaddon. Hello, how you doing? Hello, David Abaddon. And here's the other evil triplet, Michael Brown. Michael. And Michael just called. <laughs> Michael did just call, and he brought a lot of people. Now, listen, <laughs> I remember we've talked about Michael Brown on this show before. <gasps> you oh, have sure. oh, yes, we have. And none of it's been good. Oh, yes, we have. I know, uh, at the very least, we have talked about it on the Carrie episode because we brought up the fact that your first dance at, at your wedding... <laughs> <laughs> I never dreamed someone like you could love someone like me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not only was that, not only was that our dance, but everyone sang it. Oh. <laughs> at, wow. at our, at our, at the night, the night before, at our, our rehearsal dinner, everyone learned that. Oh, that's lovely. That is lovely. You know, you're just asking to have something dropped on you. I Anti-my-tom. Yes, it's anti-my-tom. Anti-my-tom. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, all right. I don't know what's happening, but all right. We're here today to talk about when Michael calls from 1972, one of the more touchstone films of this era, one of the ones that have withstood the test of time and is still available out there on DVD and Blu-ray and crap. No way. Why? Yeah, really? Because it's got two good actors. I, I have some serious, serious damage going on here. <laughs> yes, because we have talked, every time I do this segment, I talk about, for people who are new to the show and for the younger listeners, you don't understand when it was time for the ABC movie of the week, shit stopped. This was an event. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody watched it. It wasn't like it is today when you had 500, 800 channels to choose from. You only had three, and if it was something really good on, everybody watched it. So the next day at school, everybody was going to be talking the shit out of this movie. So it was like this wonderful communal experience. But you have to qualify that. Uh, Not necessarily good. Just something we were told <laughs> we had to watch. Oh, no, I had to work that movie when it was originally we were, we were told was event marketing. Exactly. And you only got it when the antenna was pointed in the right direction <laughs> yes. and the wind was blowing the right way. Yes, because then, then it just showed that you had to want it. You had to really want it. You had to commit really to watching good. this bullshit. You had to stand there holding the antenna with one well, hand. And you had to make sure that your parents were, were not going to make you will watch something else like Kojak, golf, like Kojak or a <laughs> Kojak. golf or a golf. Classic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and the other thing that we talk about every time we do this segment is the fact that this was primetime family viewing and they had some of the most fucked up topics on yeah. the major <laughs> TV movies of the week. And you would transition from like the wonderful world of Disney weird. into devil worship without, and you know, in a, Barbara even getting raped by an alien and reading with her hands, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Family no, I mean, viewing now, hour. Tom, Tom, Mike, and I were twelve years old when this movie came out, and I and I distinctly remember being Tom talking to Tom on the phone that afternoon. Wait a minute, there's a dog he says, here too. Yeah, yeah two dogs. Yeah, we've got a couple Jesus dogs, <laughs> and they're big fans of the movie. You know, if you're gonna have an orgy, you need at least two dogs. <laughs> The monkey is on its way. Sure. One to guard the door and one to have like the little barrel of rum. <laughs> like a St. Bernard or lube, whatever. What I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Tom and I were talking on the phone. 12 Get the emergency years. lube dog. What? <laughs> Tom and I were 12 and I remember him talking and saying that, oh, it's like two hours until Michael calls. And for a moment, I thought he meant Michael Brown. <laughs> I swear, no, I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> I love that you do. You definitely have selective memory. I do. <laughs> well, it was one of those few times that Owen was not in the know, and he was better about it, I'm sure. Now, Michael, since you are, well, um, since you are the plan guest and you are new to the show, uh, it is your responsibility to give a 30-second elevator speech description of the plot of When Michael Calls. Oh, my God. I, 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 this is pressure. Um, um, well, well, first of all, there's this person named Doremus, that, and, and, and I just can't even wrap my head around that name. And, uh, and Doremus shows up, and there's the most, most delicious... Um, 
shock of, uh, on the face of this woman that you don't know anything about with a most luxurious mullet ever experienced. <laughs> <laughs> your time is up. You have gone over. <laughs> but I have a statement. You're, you're... No, you're I said 30 second in basic elevator speech. You're fired. Thank you, Mayor. Oh, because it's all about the hair, because they cover up her hair at the end with the most amazing hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tom, since normally it's your job, please show Michael how it's done. Okay, here When we Michael go. fucks up the intro. Basically, we have a, a divorced couple coming back together. He's seeing his daughter. And we take it from there to... Uh, Elizabeth Ashley getting phone calls from her dead nephew and being freaked out and murder ensues. Done. There we go. Done. Well done. See, that's how you do it. Yeah, but they forgot the mullet. You forgot the hat! <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. Clearly, this show is going to go on for four hours, so we've got plenty of time to get to the mullet and the hat. <laughs> and it's a shame. No, 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 no. The most important part is Mrs. Connolly. <laughs> Who is Mrs. Connolly? What are you talking about? What is your obsession with Mrs. Connolly? <laughs> Don't you remember when... Um, no, uh, Peggy dresses up in the black suit. She's playing her she's playing her mother, Alan. Okay, 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 okay. We're there. All right, we do try to have some sort of order. So uh <laughs> Yes, that is now I understand, yes, Tom is Mrs. Conley. <laughs> yeah. I've always thought that. Because that scene went nowhere. That was it. <laughs> I'm Mrs. Connolly. It. End of scene. Well, Peggy was a strange child all the way. What did her friend call her? A little nut? Well, yeah, because she was. Yes. Yes. Peggy is the daughter of Ben Gazzara and uh, Elizabeth Ashley, who are the yes. divorce couple that we have mentioned. And as Michael mentioned, I have in my notes, what the fuck is this man's name? Thank I know. Ramus is just like the best name ever. What is it? In, no fact, in fact, I think I'm going to be called Do Ramus from now on. <laughs> Do Tom, you're not like Do Ramus. Okay, because at a certain point, I could have sworn somebody said Doritos. What is I did it? too. I did. Like, Tom, do you name Doritos and nobody just <laughs> Doritos? Tom, do you remember the Bugaloos? Absolutely. Remember the name of the woman who was the witchy poo of the Bugaloos? Oh, God. That was Benita Nick. Bazaar. Oh, no. Then who was Derelda Doremus? Derelda Doremus was from an episode of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Oh, Mary Hartman. That's where I've heard the Holy name. Holy shit. <laughs> and she was played by uh, Doris Roberts, who is the mother on Everybody, Everybody Loves, Loves Raymond and what? is dead now. Yeah. No. Way to bring the room down, Owen. <laughs> right. Benita Bazaar, Derelda Doremus, all these bizarre 70s. So things. around, around the, as, as, as Tom said, there's this main plot of Elizabeth Ashley getting bizarre phone calls from somebody claiming to be her dead nephew, or maybe it is her dead nephew. Who knows? Hello? Andy, my Helen? 
You know, this isn't funny. It's dark and I can't walk home. Please come. Who is this? What's wrong, Andy, my Helen? Please come. Who is this? But the thing that was really... This this whole part of it is very straightforward. However, there's this whole running theme of this divorced couple. He just shows up and is just forcing his way into her life. And then from a modern perspective, I was like, creeper, creeper, creeper. Like, it, it, watching it now, it's really creepy. Yeah. You are not welcome here, Doritos. <laughs> you can come back to your cool ranch. No means no. Back to your <laughs> that was clever. Very well done. Thank you. Puffer, did you plan that? <laughs> no, that just happened. That's awesome. Patrick's very weird. <laughs> that just happened. No, because whole, this whole thing is like really creepy. I'm like, why are you going? Why I don't? Why? Why? From the I'm sure at the time, like, oh, it's really nice. They're gonna get back together. As a, as a modern audience member, I'm just like, no. No, it's very bad. Yeah. Well, he did worry about fucking up his visiting privileges. Or... Yeah, but he had no problem fucking up that Cornish game hand dinner. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so- I was so upset about the whole thing. I mean... And I- well, the thing is, that whole first scene cracked me up, because like you said, the first time you see Elizabeth Ashley, she... The- it's her seeing him for the first time showing up at the house and it is the most blank mullet headed called it fish eye she turns her head and gives him the dead fish eye with that mullet with that glorious mane of mullet a shag that was a mullet. <laughs> it was a shag. Fight, fight, fight. The of the 80s mullet. Wow, okay. Well, just like something she was able to just, you know, wash it and go. That's, Im- that's important when you're living in Ontario pretending to be a Maine. I was very impressed that they didn't shoot this in Southern California like they do everything else. Where did this take place? I heard them say... It was New Hampshire. It was New Hampshire. It was okay, but they shot it in Ontario because there was because normally we make fun of everything. They'll be like, "Oh, well, it's a uh, you know we're here in the hills of Kentucky." We're like, no, you're not. No, you're really not. It doesn't look anything like it. <laughs> but when it, we're first hearing about what happened to Michael, you know, because the little you know the phone calls have started coming, and what's the kid's name? Peggy. Who's Michael? Peggy. So she's explaining oh, yes, exposition well, child. He ran away. You know, he. Wh- what's Michael's oh, and, story? And that was an actress. I'm telling you, she, she was she was on par with Suzanne Crow yes. all the way. <laughs> okay, Suzanne Crow, Partridge Family. Yeah, yes. yes. I, I, wrote, I wrote I wrote that down. I said I, I called her in my notes. Not not Tracy. Not Tracy. <laughs> yes. The un Tracy. Yeah, she kind of looks like her, but I'm like, no, she's got personality and like reacts to things, so she's not Tracy. She doesn't seem to have just woken from a coma. <laughs> so we're oh, we're oh, and, oh, and, oh, and I, you want to tell us just the rundown who Michael was, what happened to Michael? That's me. Yes. That's you. Okay. Michael was uh, Craig and my, Michael were brothers whose mother was insane. She Who's tried Craig? to hurt them. 
Craig is Michael Douglas. Ah, uh, yes, Michael Douglas is in this film. Yes, very young Michael Douglas. Douglas. Please continue. With an amazing head of hair. It's all about the hair to you. It's huge hair. Anyway, Craig and Michael were abused by a insane mother, and they were forced to go live with their Auntie My Helen, and Auntie My Helen put their mother away into an insane asylum, and she killed herself soon after. Michael always blamed everyone else for uh, this except his insane mother. So Michael Michael died with a chip on his shoulder running off into a blizzard one day, and they never found like him. Like wildfire? Like wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> well, they found calling Michael. <laughs> but, yeah, well, because when they got to that part and he died in a blizzard, I said, yes, one of those Southern California blizzards. <laughs> <laughs> those freak blizzards of San Diego. But they didn't shoot it there, so I was wrong. I did notice, like, oh, no, these trees are actually don't look like Southern California at all. But and anyway. There's snow out of nowhere, if you notice. Mm-hmm. That happens. <laughs> sure. Why not? So, so that's Michael's story. Thank you. Thank you. Then, yeah. And then he died. We don't know he died. They no, only found his coat. That's right. They only found the coat. Oh. And we never actually never know. They never have never found the body because, you know, it wasn't really Michael. Oh, well, now you've just given What? Thanks. Well, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> Give it away the whole thing. Spoiler alert, this man. Is, this is one big spoiler alert. Well, none of this is making any sense at all, so it's a complete clusterfuck. It's beautiful. It's just kids keep going. Embrace the chaos. Uh, I remember seeing this when it first, not when it first aired, but when I saw it when I was a kid. And even as a kid, she would pick up the phone and say hello. Eddie, my help? Yeah. child i'm like that's not a little boy <laughs> that is an adult woman doing a very strange affectation what was wrong with michael michael had hormonal problems or something <laughs> are we supposed to believe that was michael douglas doing that voice oh i am praying it was I, michael douglas. yes okay spoiler alert michael douglas is, is the killer in it because you just he's pretty much wearing a sign but I really At this point, I did write down in my notes, please, Jesus, God, let them do a shot of him doing the voice. <laughs> oh, I could only hope. <laughs> you know, though, you know, though, Michael Douglas, because he came on wearing serial killer glasses, it was a dead giveaway. But, uh-huh. was, but were they red herring serial killer glasses? I, I didn't think so. I, I didn't see anything hairy <laughs> well, con- like about that. Well, considering Harry, what's his name, was like the biggest red herring. Harry Randall. Harry Randall. Harry Randall. It's hey. Randall. Harry Randall. Randall. Harry, Harry Randall. 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 Harry Randall. Turn your face around this way. Randall. Harry Randall. Randall. Harry Randall. <laughs> we, have to, we have to pad the running time by another seven seconds, so we need to... We named him, we named him Angry David Cassidy. <laughs> so, the thing is... 
I was actually I didn't remember a lot of it, so I was actually thought maybe I remembered it incorrectly because there was a certain point where early on she got one of the phone calls and then Michael Douglas showed up immediately after. And hello, it's 1972. There's no cell phones. I'm like, wait a minute, how did he do that? Is that a horrible plot point mistake? But no, they did cover that with a really. They did. They did. Well, he's actually listens to a call once later. Mm-hmm. And talks to Michael. Mm-hmm. Talks. Mm-hmm. He says, Michael, it's your brother. And Michael said, my name is Michael. I got a nickel. I'm going to call up Auntie my Helen. That's what I'm going to do. The whole movie, I can't decide if I like Ben Gazzara or if he's just gross. Did you get a big Gazzara like he always does? I think gross. I, he, gave, he was giving a big Christmas Cena vibe to me. Isn't that odd? Christina lo- vibe. No, Chris, Chris, Christmas Cena. Yes, Chris, Christina Aguilera vibe. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see anything Christina like about <laughs> Christmas Cena. Christmas Cena. Christmas Cena. The Cindy Project. Really? Yeah. He reminded me of him for some really? reason. Okay. It looks like it could be kind of greasy and smell like Vitalis. <laughs> it was 1972. Everybody was greasy and smelled like Vitalis. Well, there's that. It was the law. <laughs> I came from a Vitalis home, okay? <laughs> My dad bathed in that crap. He still does. Yeah, I don't need a rent today. I put on some Vitalis. Ugh, gross. <laughs> gross. And just to go back to the kid, I wanted to hate the kid. Peggy, but I didn't. Oh, I did. No, well, she, not after she dressed up as Mrs. Connolly. How could well, she? Well, she has this flat delivery of her lines, which is boring, and she was not Tracy Partridge, which is annoying me. <laughs> Early on in the movie, she's like, come on, Daddy, I want to show you my dollhouse. And then went to a place. I'm like, that's not a dollhouse, you stupid <laughs> bitch. Oh, uh, no, she didn't, yeah. No, but there was something kind of bonkers insane about the character. <laughs> she was an odd child. She, she was a very was. odd little child. You know, their insanity ran in her family. What can, what can she, you she do? She was very honest about it. That's, that's true. Uh-huh. So Ben Gazzara shows up, and it's like I, said, I started to say this before. She sees him, goes blank, guppy face, whatever you want to call it, and he's just forcing his way back into their lives. This is before any of the phone calls happen. And there's all these other people in the kitchen that they don't really introduce the scene at all. And I was just fascinated. There was that one. There was German woman. I love woman who might as well have been wearing a fucking dirndl with those loopy curls. (laughs) 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 Who is this? Who is that? Who is is this random housefrau? (laughs) She was Doc's wife. I know. At first I thought she was the maid. I figured she was the neighbor because doesn't everybody have a neighbor? A German woman named Elsa is a neighbor? I do! <laughs> yeah, he really does. does. He really yes. does. She wasn't the maid? No. She wasn't? No, that she and Doc were married and they were family friends. Yeah, they were. Oh. That's why she rescued him at the aviary, which apparently everybody had in the 70s as well. <laughs> I I was watching the same going, how many movies in the 70s have somebody dying in an aviary? There's a lot of them. <laughs> was it that popular? I don't remember. Was everybody in a beekeeping craze? 
Well, well they did have, have beehives. Oh, oh that was uh, oh, back that to was hair. Back to hair. Back. It always comes back to hair. Yeah. Except for Doritos, his has no. Just says your comb over. There's really nothing to say about Doritos' hair. Doritos' hair. <laughs> I want to see eyes. Calls initially the calls are just dismissed as a prank until they start getting threatening and people start to die. Well, the best one is when Michael actually realizes that he's dead. Love that one the best. That's the best. I I play the audio for it right now. You're not hearing it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm dead, aren't I? Ah! Oh! But the best. I'm dead. 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 I'm what Michael was saying to Peggy when he was bad mouthing Doc. Oh, oh yeah. totally, totally. I wish we got. I wish we could have heard that conversation. I think Peggy made that one up. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't have done that. She was a good girl. Just like crazy. She does. <laughs> I was waiting for that last minute reveal of what because she knows all about e venom. The, our first kill is is poor Doc, yeah, uh, who is their old neighbor, uh, husband of Ilsa Shewolf of the SS, who who is no, killed. That's I thought she was lovely. She was lovely, but that's what I associate with Ilsa. <laughs> oh, see, I associate Schnitzel. <laughs> but then, but you have this enormous German housefrau and and then use her for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> It did. It did seem rather anticlimactic, didn't it? Well, I think it was, it was based on a novel, and she was probably German in the novel, so they just decided to keep it in the yeah. screenplay. I guess so, but still, I just wanted something I, else. Like she, they barely I, gave her any lines and or anything. I think, I think it was one of those things where the director had this had this housekeeper named Elsa, <laughs> and she just was kind of interested, and he thought, "Hey, why don't you come in? I need a woman in this thing." No, yeah. they needed a hefty German woman to pull Doc. Out of the beehive. That's right. That's very That's true. Right. They did. That's right. And through all of these scenes where they're investigating the calls and as the bodies are racking up, I had to keep yelling at the screen. I'm like, you're not a cop, Doritos. <laughs> no, he's not. You're a lawyer, but he's bossing everybody around like he's a cop because it's the 70s and he's a man. Well, he did sort of remind me of Kolchak. <laughs> but the uh, the cops are really stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. The cop, the, the sheriff was just, oh. Really. I was glad when he died. Spoiler! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because it turns out Michael hates aviaries and Michael hates Harvest Festival. True. <laughs> Michael does not like people getting cream pies in the face. Why was Peggy the only one in costume at the Harvest Festival? Because she dresses up randomly, apparently. But but why would she choose to be a pilgrim woman when it's not even Thanksgiving? I appreciated that, Tom. The, the Actually, I think my first thought was my first thought went to went to second grade. It, it went. It went. 
but still, absolutely. You okay. guys explain what you're that gonna have means. to fill in the rest of us who weren't there, who weren't even born yet. Go, go for it, Tom. No, you go for it. Oh well, it, Miss, that was that was Mrs. Uh, what what was her name? The the one with the beehive, the fabulous the fabulous blonde. Teacher. You mean Mrs. Miller, Mrs. Miller. Mrs. Miller. She was glamorous. She was you guys glamorous. You by Mrs. Miller? And it said, Things Your If only she was that Mrs. Miller. No, this is a glamorous Mrs. Miller. And she thought we were very odd children because we were. And, <laughs> and we took, we took, Tom especially took far too much pleasure out of making Pilgrim Woman hats. And Thanksgiving in art class. I did. <laughs> did you wear them? He always wore course. Thanksgiving we had in New York City when I made them for everyone. I was I was just gonna say that in New York City he made us. We had we had a Thanksgiving. We had a Thanksgiving at at, at um was it was it was it Owen's apartment? That was a it was my apartment. And we had we had a turkey made in a microwave oven, and we had to paint it brown. <laughs> yes, we did, because it wouldn't brown in the microwave. We're pilgrim woman hat and sing and sing turkey talk. <laughs> okay, you you I just feel like that. Like so confused now. Turkey talk, keep talking, turkey talk. Get off my show. That's eyes and feet. Got to have a bird. If you don't have a bird, how you gonna have a bird to eat? Holy shit. <laughs> I see a white bird and I want to paint it brown. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, also, well, that just wait. Negates my One whole side that... note. Okay. Side note about the Harvest <laughs> Festival. I actually have that exact same jointed skeleton that is hanging all over the place. <laughs> Everyone did. Okay. Nice. However, I have to say thank you. Thank you for adding that little musical interlude because that even might top our group singing of the Apple Bar song. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You can't top the Apple Bar song. <laughs> we're not singing the apple bar song moving on no, we're not. Uh, it was my theory my theory was that Peggy was auditioning for the upcoming role in Crowhaven Farm <gasps> oh you're so right <laughs> that is what it is she's like I can sleep with my daddy too <laughs> not that, that, happens, that doesn't happen in this movie no that doesn't happen in this movie at all Although she's very attached to him. You know what I thought? This, it's also really hard to watch these without the hypercritical modern eye. There was the scene with Ben Gazzara and not Tracy on that little playground carousel. That was super creepy. It was super creepy, but the thing was, they spun it like a half a spin and then jumped on it, and it was it was like an infinity carousel. It just kept going at the exact same speed for about four minutes. Right. <laughs> Like, no, 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 no. This is a lie. This movie is a lie. Movie is a lie. That, 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 Mary, that thing was just there for the exposition. It was a way for them to talk, to give exposition about Michael. True. And she and Peggy needed to know. 
Who for grounding that conversation? <laughs> it's just we've moved on past the playground scene. We're we're past that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time for another song. I'm getting grumpy. The inmates have taken over the asylum, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Oh, boy. There's so many wonderful things. I like that when Michael Rand... What's his name? I'm sorry. What's his name again? Harry. Harry Randall. Harry. Harry Randall. Randall. Harry Randall. Angry David Cassidy. Is he related to Randall Flagg? When he broke into the house to steal jewelry that it was in the dining room it was on display in the dining room <laughs> well, well, okay. he had it in the cake shop so you know it was just kind of oh cold. is that where she was okay I didn't realize that there was the, uh, that's right that later on you find out about the gift shop but at the time I'm like why is her jewelry on display in the living room I don't understand the 70s or this wallpaper I don't know what's happening <laughs> I, didn't, I, I, I missed the line about the gift shop now I understand it thank you the wallpaper was epic. <laughs> Truly epic. Again, I don't understand the 70s at all. What? <laughs> what? Did I write down here? I can't even read my... Please talk amongst yourselves. Did anybody, did anybody uh, experience the essence of something else that was going on at the same time on television? I, I, I felt great like um, sensitivities to dark shadows i really did i really did i i felt that uh, that there was, there was definitely a nod to that genre and i and i felt one one with david selby <laughs> well as as we are. <laughs> I don't know. it was all about that hair michael douglas had david selby hair he had a big old pompadour <laughs> i mean when when he was in the pie Scene where he's getting hit in the face with the pie. So it was so hot. Did the pie not get in his hair? No. <laughs> no, no, it was like shellac. It just yeah, kind of peeled back off the hair. I, I was just upset about the waste of pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they weren't doing like the tinfoil thing that you spray whipped cream in. They were using actual pies. There was pie there. There was crust, and it upset me. Owen wanted to run up and lick it off his face. <laughs> I think it was pumpkin. I can, yeah, so Michael's not the only murderer in this movie. <laughs> Every child at that Harvest Festival is a murderer of pie. <laughs> Something that I, I noticed in this, and this is just a random thing. Uh, I was very happy that they actually, there was lots of wind effects with no wind. Yeah. Which is yeah. always fun. Always fun. Like, that. When I watched Crowhaven Farm recently, mm-hmm. We haven't talked about it on the show. I'm saving that for Thanksgiving because, you know, it's kind of like Pilgrims, but not really. Anyway, there's a scene with Hope Lang tromping around in the woods behind her forest, uh, behind her house. And there's the wind. Huh? I love Hope Lang. She's in Crow the Farm. And she, the the wind, the wind sound effect is going. And then it suddenly dawned on me that they're not using a wind sound effect. It was actually somebody over a mic going. I know these things were cheap, but come on. Come on. It's the magic of television. So it turns out Michael is killing the people who are responsible for sending his mother 
to the asylum where she then died. So that is where the doctor is killed. That's where the sheriff is killed because he drove her there. And next on the list is Auntie My Helen. Mm-hmm. For signing the thing in the first place. Well, there's the whole barn scene that comes next. The barn scene. Oh, yes. That was an actual very scary scene. Yeah. Because I didn't, remember, I didn't remember that. I, well, okay, because what happens? You actually see a kid in a creepy kid in a red coat lurking around the barn terrorizing Ben Gazzara and setting the place on fire. Not setting him on fire. No. No, it was a bizarre choice. No, I know. It was like, mm-hmm, okay. Inefficient, Michael. Inefficient work. <laughs> but, but you see, Michael Douglas, he works at the Crazy Boy School. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention that we have Greenleaf, the, the home of Crazy Boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where Craig, Craig is a psychologist at Greenleaf. Because for his access to little crazy. boys. Mm-hmm. 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 And I have to say, for a small town, it was a massive school for crazy boys. Yes, it was. I have, I do have to mention the uh, the canned background music that I know I have heard in every other made-for-TV movie. I think they just recycled the same soundtrack for every single hey, one. They paid a lot of money for that. They're mm-hmm. going to use it. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're going to get every kind of possible. I remember it from How Awful About Alan. Oh, how awful. <laughs> oh, it was terrible what happened to Alan. How from, awful. I remember it from Mother, May I Sleep with Danger. <laughs> Can we talk about the remake for a second? Did you see it? No, it hasn't happened yet. I was Uh-oh. just, I was kind of, when I heard they were remaking it with lesbian vampires, I said, I thought that's what it was about in the first place. Was I reading something <laughs> that was there? <laughs> You know, James Franco is directing it. Yes, I know. <laughs> Don't you try to drop facts on me. <laughs> He's dropping bags on you? Yes. <laughs> Ugly one. Ugly one. <laughs> oh, damn. <coughs> That's the worst time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sad. Well, this is a gay podcast. Yes, it is. No, the that it is, gay. Well, that is terrible. It's the only podcast where you can say it sucks balls, and they mean it. And we like it. <laughs> I, I I was enjoying in the big climax where Michael Douglas is facing off against, against Auntie My Helen, and she was dropping more chandeliers on him than the fucking Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, I'm like, this one, like, Marvelous. She dropped like four chandeliers on this guy. <laughs> that night he called to me. Don't you love it? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I, I could tell. I could tell that, um, that, that that was the genesis of Phantom. Yeah. Or the other way around. <laughs> the genesis of what? Of Phantom. Oh. No, no. It was the falling chandeliers. No, that's. No, they got it from Phantom. In some ways, Auntie My Helen was the Phantom. <laughs> right on the phone, he calls to me. <laughs> and Who's my, Christina? Michael Douglas. <laughs> Maybe it was Peggy. Yes, Peggy was I don't know Are what's happening. <laughs> we have gone so far off the rails. Oh, my God, this is insanity. Um... 
Pull us back, Patrick. Pull us I back. I don't even know how we how to pull us back anymore. I don't even know where where we where to jump or do it. We're climbing. We're climbing. And the chandeliers are falling. And Michael Douglas is walking around with a cigarette that's not lit. Because <laughs> you know it's everybody's fault. Everybody in this movie smokes, and they're they're even Peggy ass. smoked. <laughs> Peggy smoked. I think Peggy smoked. <laughs> she was smoking off camera. She got him off of Inga. Off camera, just just staring at everybody smoking. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of gay, did Michael Douglas get very gay when he became really psychotic at he the end? That's what happens. That's what happens. When he pirouettes and falls. Because, you know why? Because he thought he was Michael, and Michael was apparently an adult woman based on that voice. So he's very confused. Transgender <laughs> issue. Okay. That explains I a just, lot. I just hope they had transgender bathrooms on the set. He had to pirouette and tumble to the floor in tears. He looked really prissy about it. I was just surprised. I was just surprised since he had those conspicuous glasses, those conspicuous child molester glasses on the whole time, that he didn't have one leg, that one lens wasn't cracked for the finale because that was the only cliche that we didn't have. He knew he knew he'd be making behind the the candelabra. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. yeah! This is the lead into his Academy Award-winning career. <laughs> they all got to start somewhere. Was this before or after the Streets of San Francisco? I don't know. I believe it was before because I think Streets of San Francisco was a little later. And it's just, he just looked so cute and young, and didn't have all the HPV in his throat from eating all that pussy. <laughs> <laughs> And did he oh, later go to rehab for sex addiction? Yes, he did. I love that whole story. He's like, well, you know, I probably got the throat cancer because from HPV, from all the cunnilingus I've performed. I'm <laughs> just thinking of his poor wife whose name just fell out of my head. Yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones like, thanks. Thanks for just implying that I've got pussy warts. <laughs> <laughs> he had it coming. He had it coming. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't. I I I hold on to my pussy ward stories. <laughs> you have to cling to it. Truly. They it keep awesome. me warm at night. Now I'm alone. Was he Zach in the movie version of a chorus line too? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yes, yes he was. Not. Way to kill the conversation, Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that movie sort of killed a lot of conversation. <laughs> and, you know, you start talking about HPV and pussy warts and, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. The conversation with pussy warts is going on just fine until somebody brought up Chorus Line the movie and just murdered it all. Well, what it does is it takes your mind in a whole different direction, and I need to go there. <laughs> How do we get from Ben Bizarre to pussy warts? Oh, pop your head, Doritos. Doritos. <laughs> Doritos and Pussy Warts. <laughs> I can see the title of this podcast already. <laughs> Let's get to the end. Because you want to talk about that hat. <laughs> that hat. That hat in the farm with a better hat, though. I know, but this hat, this hat could have held, you know, a serious case of dreads. 
I mean, but he, all it was holding was that little shag. Yeah. I worry about that. What else did she have in that yeah, hat? You could have fit a watermelon in that. <laughs> Big puffy newsboy cap <laughs> with a pom pom on the top. Yeah, it was not. It was that was. Yeah. As you can see, we obsessed about this hat. <laughs> okay. okay well, the thing is, the, 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 the hat went on to have an illustrious career. After that, when when rerun ward for the entire run of what's happening. I said that was on Shad. <laughs> no, it was, was rerun ward on what's happening. Rerun. You're right. You're right. That's, right. That's what I just said. That's what I, I just know, said. Welcome to 30 seconds ago. I want to make sure he realized. Okay. So, oh, yeah, I just want to point out, just back to the movie, that's not how hypnosis works. Just that <laughs> Michael Douglas was hypnotizing this kid. Peter. To sneak out of the house, uh, sneak out of the school at night, climb down the side of the the building on vines, no less, with a stuntman that's two foot taller than the kid was. Clever. But yeah, he was hypnotizing the kids to go out, and he would. Crazy thing on this movie was like, oh, come on, please. Because it was showing him coming down the wall, shot to Michael Douglas, watching him come down the wall, coming down the wall. Yep. And then you get to see Doritos come down the wall later on. They just love this wall. As if he couldn't bash that door open himself. He had to climb down the wall. Well, he's not going to be shown up by some kid. I'm the hero. (laughs) That kid hit me on the head. (laughs) Yeah, so he had hypnotized this kid to go with him when he killed so that, you know, if there was a witness, they would see... Michael, uh, what they thought was Michael, and he also had hypnotized the kid to sneak out of his room at his night and play a tape recorder with the pre-recorded anti-My Helen. Anti-My Helen? Yes, I'm really anti-My Helen. <laughs> I'm taking a firm anti-My Helen stance. No, that is the name of the podcast. <laughs> well, Michael was very anti-My Helen. <laughs> My my great sadness was that it that, that the movie did not end with another call from Michael. Yes, I, I, I really wanted that. It sort of did at the end where she's in the bedroom. But no, that was just showing that it was pre-recorded because that was the deputy yeah, yeah. calling. Yes, but that was to trick us a little and bit. And what, what a dick so thing to do because the deputy calls to say, like, we found this tape recorder with the calls on it. But he doesn't call and say, hey, look, we found a tape recorder with the calls on it and then plays it. No, she picks the phone and it was like, and in my hand! So, of course, well, you know, she's terrified. Thank you for after this traumatic experience for scaring the shit out of me once again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dick. Yeah, but you know what? Those 70s TV movies were often dark enough that they could have done that as an ending. Like, you would think for a yes, made-for-TV they movie, they would always have happy-go-lucky endings, but often they did not. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. And and, and really, Michael is still a mystery, because they only found his coat. So there could still be a sequel. So yes. they, but they should have ended it with that irony. They should have. But they didn't. So oh, move on. I don't know. I've been, I've been, I've had that around my neck for forty some years. Yeah. Well, you have to have the anti my Helen phone call, and then not Tracy upstairs on the phone. Not Tracy. <laughs> done. 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 So wait, her daughter is her niece. Wait, her daughter is her nephew. Wait, wait, what's that? This just got Chinatown. Yeah. <laughs> 
daughter. My niece. No, she's my daughter. She's my niece. She's a floor wax. She's a dessert topping. <laughs> no, she's Mrs. Connolly, goddammit. <laughs> I think we might be done. Because <laughs> it's been so coherent? Is that what? It, it, is, it has been so coherent, I think. I don't know what is left to talk about, except how I always close these segments. High point, low point. Uh, Michael Brown, I'm going to start with you. High point, low point. I think I already know what the high point's going to be. The high point, the high point for me was the hat. Of course, <laughs> fucking hat. Because because I wondered if maybe Michael was in it. <laughs> <laughs> or the and, bees. It's all full of those bees. <laughs> It was. It might have been full of beehives. <laughs> and and the and the low point. How does chloroform smell like bananas? When you make it with bananas. Well, that's what she. I said. think. I think the. I have to go with the low point. The fact that it didn't end with that ironic last phone call. It it it, yeah. it really hurt me. It needed that second gram. Okay, you probably don't remember her name, but would you like Kate's high and low point, Patrick? Sure. I knew her name. I wrote it down. Oh, you did? Okay, good, good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Patrick, you're so cute. Um, hi, I'm not. I'm hideous. <laughs> ugly in, ugly out. Please continue. You've really got to come back to Rome. <laughs> um, I'd say high point. Oh, it's so hard to pick just one. I think it's his name. Doremus Doritos. <laughs> Uh, I think that has to be the high point because that's what we're introduced to at the beginning, and it sets the tone and for, for the entire minutes, film. I'm wondering what the mm-hmm. hell and one, what the hell that kind of name is, and where did it come from? It adds to the mystery of the whole thing. And at, least at some point, point, a sheriff went like, so the side characters were like, his name's what? <laughs> <laughs> and so said, low oh, it's Greek. Me, low point for me had to be. Um, what's his name pouring acid on the bees? Because he, he was so glum all the way How through. do you not know his name? You're the one who's gotten his name right the whole time. It's Randall. No, Harry, no, Randall. Randall. Harry Randall. Randall. Harry Randall. And it's so violent. It's- because it was really the only point in the entire film that he was had a little bit of glee in his heart. <laughs> it's like I said, it's really hard to choose. There's so I, you know, really <laughs> Who did he work for, incidentally? He seemed to work for men. He worked for a bunch of people. <laughs> they even said that in the movie. Yes, okay. the handy. He worked for the town. Okay. okay. Owen? Oh, the high point is obviously Mrs. Connolly. High point, low point? Um, the, the low point um, was probably the hypnotism. <laughs> Exactly. That's not how that works. It's not how any of this works. Yes. For me, the um, high point is what you remember from this movie, which is Michael's voice. It doesn't get any better than that. Low point is the fact that we never actually got to see Michael Douglas talk like Mike. Yeah. You're right. Tom is, is all-powerful and wise. Michael's, <laughs> okay. Michael's voice is the candy bar song from <laughs> that, that other movie. I mean, that's what you remember. It really, uh, you know what, you're right. It is what you remember. It's such a strange choice 
for a voice, and it's so disconnected. You know, obviously pre-recorded. Oh, uh, it was pre-recorded, but it's so disconnected and, and disjointed. Wonderful. And strange. The pronunciation of words is odd. Because mm. <laughs> that's actually my high point and my low point. Because if those calls were actually scary, this movie would have been actually... A hell of a lot better than it is. Because, you know, kids, as much as we made fun of it. And I agree. This movie stands up pretty well. well. It's got got two good actors at the center of it. We've made fun of it a lot. Ben Gazzara and Elizabeth Athley are good actors. Who's the third? Oh, Michael Douglas. It's got three good actors. Gee, Michael Douglas. (laughs) No, Peggy. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Connolly. Don't forget about Elsa. (laughs) And Elsa. Oh, now we're calling him Michael. I don't think she was. I don't think she was an actor. I, I think she just wandered in from press services. I did too. I believe she was the housekeeper. So there you go. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen her come back and kick Michael's ass. Right. The kind of like German house that would take no shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I will break you. Okay, so I think that's gonna wrap it up for when Michael calls. Thank you everybody for coming and playing with me this evening. It's super fun. Thank you for the surprise. Extra people and all these extra people. I didn't say hi much. Okay, goodbye. Bye bye, Helen. When this old world gets me down and there's no love. California, why, why haven't you come and pick me up?
why, why hasn't anybody come and picked me up? Oh, honey, nobody's Nobody picking you up. I've been waiting a really long time. I bet you have. Nobody has come to pick me up. Get out of the I men's room stall. Here. And while I was sitting here, I watched the final ten minutes of when Michael calls. I'm not going to kill anybody, I promise. But, you know, the one thing I really wanted to know was there's a scene where Mike Douglas calls Helen and, and he wakes her up. And he said, are you still, you know, is the deputy still outside? And she says, yes, yes, I think so. I think he's still out there, I suppose. That was brilliant. And he says, well, okay, don't, don't go anywhere. I don't want you to know. Don't, don't answer the phone. You can't let Michael know that you're there. Oh, he's alive. Yes, yes, I'll explain everything. I can't talk right now. And, and she's just been waking up. It's obvious, and have this phone conversation, and they cut away to Mike Douglas, who has a cigarette in his hand that he's not smoking. I know, right? He's trying not to smoke, and they cut back to Helen, and she's got a lit cigarette. It wasn't there. She was obviously smoking while she was sleeping, I'm mm, guessing. Mm. Anyway, I just had to throw it out. I could not believe that. I miss Movie of the Week. I miss you, Patrick. When are you going to come and pick me up, baby? Oh, yeah. Michael, my love, my sweet faraway love, I'm picturing you in a tattered wedding dress hanging around in the parking lot of some gay bar like some modern version of Miss Haversham waiting for somebody, anybody, to pick you up. You want a date? Hey, you! Well, it's not pretty. It's still scarier than anything that happened in The Conjuring 2. Yes, Michael. Uh, I did notice Michael Douglas' unlit cigarette. I did not notice um, whatever her name is, her cigarette magically appearing out of her bed. But I guess you don't remember that back in the 70s they had those beds. I think you can get them at Klein Sleep. Come on in to Klein Sleep and have more fun in bed. That actually dispensed lit cigarettes as soon as you woke instead of an alarm clock. Later on, they added a, a, a coffee machine that just thrusted a, a cup in your hand. So you had a coffee and cigarette the second you woke up, but you can't have that anymore because I'll drink. Of the ch- and now we can't have nice things anymore. You're a weird little puppy and I thank you for your call. I don't know what else to say except... Oh. White. Your tattered wedding dress is white. <laughs> Who are you fooling? Bye. Hi, Patrick. This is Robin from Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Robin. Getting back to you saying your message back to Isabella and I was so awesome. It put little gleamy, sprinkly, little glittery flutters in our little eyes and love in our little heart and smiles on our little faces. Good. And we need some love on our faces right now. Yes. We're going through some hard times right now. Oh, no. Um, I got a cold from a kid bringing cooties into my house. God damn it. Um, fucking kids. My goldfish died. <gasps> Gargoyles want to eat my children. Well. And, um, yeah. Yeah, Flynn, I'm talking to you. I'll deal with you later. <sighs> I'm stressed out right now. Yes, I'm really worried about it. So, I just want to say, Patrick, as usual, you always help me by letting me listen to you, and it makes my little day go by faster. My choice to work faster, too. Aww. Yeah, it's an hour. That sucks. Ew. Anywho, 
My mom is the biggest, most ever pain in the ass on the face of this planet. I'm listening. She's my pain in the ass, and I love her dearly. Wouldn't trade her for anything. Uh, okay. Mommy went in for a open heart surgery oh. almost two weeks ago, and we almost lost her. And no. She's been on life support, and I've been having some problems there, back and forth between work and the hospital, and it's been the most stressful Oh. thing I've ever had to deal with in my entire life. Oh, no. In between work and hospital, I've been listening to all my favorite old Spring Queens episodes, and you are such a doll, and you just help me so much, and you don't even realize it. I just, however, don't advise you listen to the Splashers episode before you go into the ICU unit of the hospital when everyone is comatose. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Because it makes your heart a little happy and you just want to skip and go, dum, 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 super fun. Yeah. And the nurses are like, no, no, not super fun. No. 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 So. Thank you so much, Patrick, for keeping me sane the past two weeks. Isabella and I will be in touch with you soon. She has a couple words for Mr. Flynn. She's not too happy. And she wants us to remind him that she will not put mayonnaise on herself. She will not put dressings on herself. We are a gluten-free house, and she has some choice words for him, and she'll get back to him later. Thank you so much. Hugs and kisses. One last talk to you soon. Okay, Isabella, thank you very much for the call. You know what? You're welcome. I'm glad I could be some help during some dark times. And I have to tell you, this call was actually what I needed to hear today as well. Um, It's good to know that in dark times, this silly little thing I do can bring a little happiness and joy and make you forget for a little while, or at least... remind you that there are other things. And I'm very proud that I can be of a help to you and to everybody else out there who's going through all the same stuff that the world is going through or whatever personal crisis they're going through. If I can be of assistance doing my silly little thing, good. Good. Because... Sitting down to record today, this seemed like a really pointless exercise. And thank you, Isabella, for not taking Flem's baloney, or being Flem's baloney, for that matter. Because baloney is gross. It's made of lips and parts I won't mention because you're an eight year old girl. But anyway, um, and Robin, you. <laughs> just made my day. And I would make you scream Queen of the Week, but somebody else has already won that. But wait, Patrick, you haven't said anything yet. That's right. I haven't. Yet. Talk to you soon, Robin. Hugs and creepy kisses. Hello, Patrick. It is zombie girl TJ. TJ. I am calling to recommend a movie, and I am willing to go up against the wall for this one. Now, knowing you... You've already seen it because you're so far ahead of the curve. Yeah, I know. I'm advanced. But, but, you'll see what I did there in a minute. But, if you have not seen the movie Bad Milo, you should see it. I think it will horrify you. That's bad, like as in bad boy, and Milo, like in the man's name, Bad Milo. Fairly recent. I think it's maybe 20, 
2013, maybe? Uh, anyway, just finished watching it. And, wow, uh, it's over the top. And I think given your not-so-long-ago horrific intestinal problems, it might just scare the bejesus out of you. Or it might be too soon. I don't know. Put me up against the wall for this one. Watch it. Let me know what you think. I I think it's a scream. Queen. Anyway, that's all. And uh, keep making the awesome podcast because I love listening to it. Thank you. Bye. Oh, zombie girl TJ. Let's do keep bringing up my three months of pooping nonstop as much as possible. Shall we? Let's, let's just keep exposing new listeners to that dark side of myself by all means yes uh bad milo i started watching it once and i turned it off after about 10 minutes because i'm kind of allergic to ken marino i don't like him i don't think he's funny he kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies i don't know but since you recommended it to me and you bravely volunteered to go up against the wall then i will give it another shot now for those of you who don't know what TJ is talking about, I am always open to watching a movie that you recommend for me. Sometimes, sometimes, once in a blue moon, you guys will come up with something that I haven't seen and say, Patrick, it's great. You have to see it. Of course, recommending something to me comes with a price because by doing so, you are putting yourself up against the firing squad. You will stand against the wall in front of my personal firing squad. And if I like it, you will be greatly rewarded. But if, if, if I don't, there will be punishment. Sexy, sexy punishment. Also, I wanted to say thank you to TJ because she did me a solid, even though I, I really hate that term because it sounds like you're making a log of poop. Ever back to poop. Because I've been trying to buy a toy for Smoochie, uh, um, a motorized laser toy, but buying a laser in any form has become extremely difficult because apparently you could take down a plane with them now or something. And, of course, pre-Massacre, I was joking, it would be easier for me to buy a gun than it is to find a laser toy because I kept finding them on different sites and for some reason or other they would never ship to me. Oh, I'm sorry, your address doesn't exist. You know what? Your butt doesn't exist. I don't know how you sit down, Petco. But anyway, she had one that her cats were not fond of, so she mailed it to me. And now Smoochie has her laser toy, and she's getting a little teeny tiny bit more exercise than she was getting before. And that's awesome. And for that, TJ, for that extension of generosity, that was completely unexpected and really made my day and eventually made Smoochie's day. Because, of course, when I first took it out of the box and took video, she was like, meh, meh, thanks, Auntie TJ, meh. She likes it now. Anyway, you, TJ, are the Scream Queen of the Week! Yay! I don't have the sound effect because I'm still on this shitty computer! Yay! Yay! And as you know damn well, you ain't getting no tiara! 
The prize is a tiara that you can never, ever have. Thank you for the gift, but you ain't getting nothing from me back except this happy little shout-out. Thank you, TJ. You are the coolest. Well, the second coolest after me. Ha. Okay, that is going to wrap this puppy up for another week. So if you want to be like all these great people who called in and made the show even better than it was going to be anyway, please, please, please pick up your phone and give me a call at 917-720-2047. Or you can write me at Scream Queens at... Sorry, I forgot my own address for a second because I was being mauled by a cat at crew at ScreamQueens.com. And of course, that's Queens with a C. Or you could send me a message on Facebook through the Facebook page. Do a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast and join the fun there. Or you can send me a Twitter, at Scream Queens, or on Instagram, no tiara for you. Whatever, just find me and get in touch with me and make my life more interesting. And hey, I have a contest going on. As I announced last time, I'm giving away a copy of Schmovie, the game of made-up Schmovies, courtesy of my guest Brian Wilson, owner of Galactic Sneeze Game Designing Company. As of right now, I have zero entries. So if you get your entry in right now, right now, you have a 100% chance of winning this incredibly fun game. Now, what you had to do was match my answers to a round of Spank the Yeti as uh, based on what we played in the Flowers in the Attic episode. Now, if you don't want to listen to it or if you forgot, you have to match these actions two objects. Guess my answers. Now, the three actions are feed pudding to, give a golden shower to, make a skin suit out of. Now, the people I might be doing these things to are Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the Knights Husseini, or Beetlejuice. Do you think that I want to feed pudding to Beetlejuice? If think so, if you think so, get your answers in. Win this game. You have the information. 917-720-2047. Crew at ScreamQueens.com or through the Facebook page. Get these answers in. This game is fantastic. And also thank you for everybody who gave to the Kickstarter campaign for Spank the Yeti because they made their goal three times over. So thank you for that. You guys are awesome. I told Brian you guys would push him way over the edge, and you did. And then I pushed him way over the edge. Oh, yeah. I'm into edging these days. No, I'm not. That's just... What? What? Patrick, please. Now, everybody, please enjoy what's left of Pride Month, and be sure to celebrate. Don't let these assholes push you back in the closet or make you go anywhere in fear. You stand up with your head up tall and feel that pride that you so well deserved because you baby are fabulous don't argue with me you're fabulous and I don't know what's going to be happening for this episode when I'm going to be in Denver I don't know maybe a back episode it might be a radio play I don't know but after that we will be sitting down with Trey and Doug to talk about murder by death so find yourself a copy and play along at home because, you know, those two guys are wacky and good times are guaranteed for some. So, until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. And I want you 
to remember what was being chanted out front of the Stonewall Inn the night of the vigil for the Orlando victims. We're here. We're queer. We're fabulous. Don't fuck with us. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! <laughs>